In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the last Sunday, uh, immediately before the Great Fast. As we know, the Great Fast is the longest fast uh, in the Church, and it's the most strict fast in the Church, because um, we, we not only eat uh, vegan food, but there's also no sea seafood, which is, um, which is something that most of the fasts allow, but that this fast does not. And for that reason, a lot of times people come to this fast very begrudgingly, and they don't want to do it, and many don't see the benefit of it to begin with, and so not very motivated to do it. So I want to talk about briefly about how do we offer our fast to God, and what does it mean to fast before God? Is it just changing the food that we eat? Is it just you know having to force ourselves to eat food that doesn't taste very good? longing for this food that you know after the the feast of the resurrection that we can eat again if we have uh, this kind of mentality and attitude toward the fast then the 55 days are going to be very very long days and we're not going to benefit from them or we might decide from the very beginning that this is not for me or we keep postponing the fast saying that you know eventually i'm going to fast and then week after week after week we postpone it one more week until we find ourselves at holy week and we end up fasting for one week or even less, and we miss the blessing of the fast. The Great Fast is one of the most spiritual times in the entire year if we do it right. But if we don't do it right, then we miss like a very, very important blessing. In Matthew 6, 18, Christ says, And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Our fast is done in secret in what way? When you ask that question, how, how come it's in secret? Actually, we, we all know that it's a time of fasting, so there's no secret here. Actually, the secret lies not only in the external aspect of the fast, which, which we should all be sharing in, but in the internal aspect. The internal aspect is actually what makes the fast the most um, productive, that makes it the most special, that makes it the most edifying and beneficial to us, is the internal aspect. This is why Christ is saying, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. There are many people now in our society that are vegan by choice. You know, this is a, a lifestyle that they choose that they want to have. So just changing food doesn't mean like that in itself is not acceptable to God. Otherwise, all the people who are vegan by choice, then somehow this would be like they would be like so spiritual because they're, they're they choose to be vegan. There's nothing wrong with meat. You know, there's nothing wrong with eating it. OK, so that like somehow when we stop eating it, that God is happy. That's not that's not anything. Well, that's not what the fast is. OK. So if the, the fast is about a sacrifice that I make to discipline my body. You know, Pope Shnuda actually, he talked about in his book about fasting, he speaks about that anything that we do, that we crave, and that we go after because we crave is breaking the fast. He even stopped drinking tea because for him, he was craving it. During the fast, he, he didn't want to be like under the subjection of 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 a temptation or a desire that he had he wanted to be able to completely control himself so he said even something harmless like tea which is completely lawful to drink in the fast but he even denied himself this he said even if there is fasting food that you know is with is, is is lawful to eat in the fast but you crave it to the point where you just have to have it then you have to deny yourself this food also because it is breaking the fast so we have a wrong understanding of what fasting is about and, and for this reason, because we have a wrong understanding, it makes the fast seem fruitless to us. It seems, I'm just changing my diet, and what's the point of that? 
Okay, so, so in order to have a right attitude about the fast, how we offer our fast to God, it, it can make the, the fast, the great fast and any fast, a completely different experience. So the first uh, way that we offer a fast that is acceptable before God is that we offer this fast to God only, only God. In Matthew 6, 18, <clears throat> it says, So you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place. Right? So we are fasting in secret, and God is in the secret place, and our fast is offered to God alone. Our fast is offered to God alone. We don't try to fast to be seen by anyone. Maybe some people have had the experience where in their own life, maybe they are not fasting, and then they go out with a group of friends to eat somewhere, <clears throat> and those friends are fasting. <clears throat> so as not to be seen that they are not fasting, they choose to fast that meal so that people don't see them that they are not fasting. Any kind of spiritual activity that we do for the purpose of being seen by others is wrong. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, For the Lord does not see as man sees, for, the man, look, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God judges us according to our heart, not according to the ingredients of the food. So even though I might be eating everything according to the fast, but if I don't have the right heart, when God judges me, he will find that I'm lacking in my fasting. Again, the fasting is about spiritual rejuvenation and sacrifice that I offer to God. It's about self-discipline. It's about me offering to God my will, not just the food that I eat. It's saying, God, according to your will, I, like, I want to be conformed to your will. And how is it that I can do that? It's because I deny my own will. So something that I enjoy, something that I crave, something that I, that I want, I will deny it for myself so that I can draw closer to you, so that I can learn to deny myself sin. Because again, food is, there's nothing wrong with food. We deny ourselves food so that we can train ourselves to deny ourselves other things that are actually bad for us. So the first way that we offer an acceptable fast before God is that we offer it to God only, not to people. No, there's no people involved in this. It's only to God. The second way we offer uh, an acceptable fast to God is we offer it from a penitent heart from a penitent heart. Okay, our, our fasting should be coming from a place of repentance. Why am I fasting? I'm fasting because I'm coming to God as unworthy. I'm unworthy of the blessings that God gives. I'm unworthy of the gifts that God has given me. I'm, I'm, I'm unworthy of anything good that God has done for me because I am a sinner and I'm coming with the spirit of humility. So instead of coming kind of angry, why is it that I have to eat this food? Instead, maybe I can come with the spirit of thanksgiving. God, thank me. Thank you for all of the food you have given me. Thank you for every good thing and every blessing that you have given me. In Joel 2 verse 12, it says, Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, that we come to God if we really acknowledge ourselves as we are, as we acknowledge how little we deserve the things that God has given, then we come with the spirit of repentance and contrition to God, saying, God, accept my humble prayer. Accept me as I am. Help me to grow. Help me to overcome my sin. This is why the fast is a time of repentance. This is why during the fast we do prostrations. This is why during the fast we focus so much on the idea of, of repenting. And we talk about um, the right-hand thief who repented. We talk about the adulteress who repented. We talk about um, the tax collector that repented. We talk about all these people that repented 
Because this is what the fast is about. The fast is a time of repentance. The, the fast is a time to break the bonds of sin, to break the bad habits, to focus on <clears throat> what are the things in my life that are actually keeping me away from God? What are the, the sins and the bad habits that are constantly a thorn in my side, that keep me from growing, that make me feel guilty and ashamed all the time about who I am and what I'm doing? This is the time during the fast is to focus on breaking these sins, breaking these bonds, these chains that are on me, that are preventing me from growing in my life, preventing me from enjoying my life, present, preventing me from growing in my spiritual life with God, the things that maybe we feel so burdened by. This is the time during the fast to, to ask God with, with, with complete contrition and complete repentance as we offer a fast. God, I offer this fast to you because I want you to break the bond of sin in my life. In whatever specific sins that we have, make it specific to, to you, to each one of us. The fast is a fast for the whole church. But again, what does God say about fasting? And your father who sees in secret, what is the secret? I have my secret sins. Each one of us has a secret sin that we struggle with, that maybe no one else knows about, that we need to confess and that we need to bring it to the light and we need to fight against and we need to ask God for his mercy and that we come with this repentance and fasting, asking God, you know, I'm not just asking God for something casually. It's easy for us to ask God casually for things. God, give me this. God, help this. God, do this. And that's it. But if I really want to show God that I really want to break this sin, that I really want something so dearly, I will be like the persistent widow. The persistent widow who came to the judge and kept asking him over and over and over, grant me justice for my enemies. And so we're coming and asking God, grant me like justice for my enemy who is Satan. Grant me that I would overcome him. Grant me so that he would not come and overwhelm me and overcome me. This is what we're asking God. So we're, 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 we're asking not in a casual way, we're asking in such a serious way that I'm showing God, look God, I'm even willing to sacrifice food. I'm willing to sacrifice anything. I'm willing to go without food or water for hours. Why? Because I want you to break this sin. If, if, if we really care about something, then we will work for it. You know, just like in our careers, we study for so many years, in, in, not because it's fun, we study for so many years and we work so many hours because we want in the end to have, we want to be successful. So in our spiritual life also, if we really want to be successful, we have to work. We have to work very hard in our life so that we can be, be free, be free from the sin and the bondage of sin. <clears throat> Another way that we should offer our fast so that it is acceptable to God is that we offer it according to the rules. In 2 Timothy 2 verse 5, it says, And also if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Everything has a rule. Everything has a rule. And why are rules important? Because if everybody follows their own rule, then we will deceive ourselves. If everybody follows their own rule, then we will deceive ourselves. Imagine in Olympics and you have like a track event and everybody created their own rule. Each one of the runners created their own rule. What kind of rule would they create? They would create a rule where they always win. If we set our own rules, then we will always set rules where in the end we win. So how do we really know if we're winning or not? How do we really know if we did what, what we should do or not? Well, you can't. The only way that we can is if somebody else sets a standard and said, this is the standard. This is what you should do. And then we can measure ourselves against that standard. Did I meet the standard or not? Did I run all the way to the finish line, 400 meters? Or did I only run 20 meters and I got tired and stopped, but I declared myself to be the winner? 
right? How is it that we are motivated to grow? It's because we see that we still have a longer way to go to get to the finish line. So someone has to set that finish line, and it can't be me. It has to be somebody else. So the church sets for us, what is the standards of, of fasting? Now many people might say, you know, especially for those who have never fasted before, it's too hard for me to go from not fasting to fasting for 55 days with abstinence and no seafood all at once. Well, the beautiful thing about the church is that there is a tailored plan for each person according to where they are, but they have to go speak to their father a confession about it. They have to go to him and say, I want to fast. Tell me, how is it that I should fast? And maybe those who have not confessed or those who have not spoken to the father of confession or don't have one, you will be surprised to find that your father of confession will be very open to being flexible with what kind of fasting rules there are. Maybe you only need to fast one day a week. Maybe you'd start with two days a week. Maybe whatever it is, according to your experience and according to your level. So no one should think that it's all or nothing. It's not like that. We want people to start to grow into fasting, even if fasting is not something that you know, you've done before. But you have to start that process. Where is that process? Where is the finish line? Okay, we have, someone has to tell us what that finish line is. We have, to, we have to relinquish control. We have to relinquish control. Someone is coming to help us grow. In order to help us grow, he has to be a person outside of us, just like a coach is coaching a team. Okay, the, 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 each player cannot coach themselves. Each player does not know themselves. Each player doesn't know what they need more, better than the coach. The coach is coming to help each one. Another way we offer an acceptable fast to God is that our fast should be offered with joy. Offered with joy. The time of fasting should not be a time where we're just depressed and sad and upset because we have to fast and just complaining every meal about, oh, there's nothing to eat. In 2 Corinthians 9.7, it says, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Just when we give of our money, when we give of our tithing, and we should be giving it with joy, it's a sacrifice. We are sacrificing something, but we're doing it with joy because we acknowledge what is greater than this money. That I'm giving something physical, but I'm re being rewarded with something spiritual. I'm being rewarded with something greater than this physical thing. That God is offering us something far more valuable than what I'm offering. So same thing with fasting. We're offering to God something very basic, very simple. We're offering to God that I am denying myself certain things that I like. So what is it that is God is going to give us as a reward? God is going to give me something far more valuable than this food. He's going to give me peace. He's going to be contentment. He's going to give me a sense of victory over sin. There's so many things that God can do in us through the fast. They're beyond, beyond counting them. And this is what the fast is here for. The fast is to reboot. Think of like the fast as a reboot for the year. That whatever it is that I struggle with, whatever sins, whatever problems, whatever, you know, um, really bad habits that I've developed or whatever. The, the, the fast is the time to break them. It's, it's, it's the time to reset, okay, and to start again. But I can only benefit from this if I really take it seriously. Some people, again, when it comes to fasting, is they just want to do the minimum. What is the minimum of everything, right? But when we focus on that idea of the minimum, then I'm not going to enjoy it. Because again, I'm doing it not out of love, I'm doing it out of compulsion. The fast should be something that I come into hoping and expecting some positive outcome in the end. That we have faith, that we believe that God, if I stick through this from the beginning to the end, that God is going to bless me. That God is going to give me something wonderful. That maybe I didn't expect this at all, and I don't know what it is, but I have faith that in the end, if I do it right, 
If I don't just try to do the minimum, if I don't just try to get by with whatever I can get by just to check off the box saying, you know why I did it, I fasted, I didn't eat you know, meat and I didn't drink milk, great. No, there's more to it than that, okay? What is my whole spirit during the fast? Also, the fast should be offered with the spirit, okay? Isaiah 58, it says, Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness? And listen to this, he's speaking about fasting. What is associated with fasting? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to the, your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh? So there's, there's several aspects to the fasting. It's not just about food. Here in the Old Testament, in the time of Isaiah, the fasting was about food in the sense that people were changing their food that they would eat just like us okay but what else is involved to loose the bonds of wickedness whatever bonds think of it in terms of chains and the heavy burdens okay and the yoke the yoke is is something that's put on animals to to cause them to steer like a cart imagine that that's that imagery that you have a yoke on you and that it's the it's the devil's yoke and this yoke is a burden that we carry with us all throughout our lives that we cannot break. So what is fasting? Fasting helps us to break the yoke. Fasting helps us to change. Maybe the things that I try to change for so many years and I fail, maybe fasting is a way that I can break this yoke, that God would grant me victory over this heavy burden that I have in some way, whatever heavy burden it is, because I come sincerely asking God, not just with a casual prayer, but, you know, like they say, putting my money where my mouth is. I really want to break this. I'm going to sacrifice to break this. I believe that this can be broken. Also, the fasting shows us that we need God more than anything else. It says, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Right? What is our sustenance? Sometimes we imagine that our sustenance is coming from our food. Right? That the food is what keeps us going. Right? We need food to live. But here Christ is wanting the people, and he's, he's, he was speaking to here the people of Israel when they were wandering in the desert. He says, man does not live by bread alone. He told them, you know, I want you to be humbled. I want you to see that, that you do not, what you need while you're wandering in the desert is not just food. Imagine that we were going to wander in the desert for 40 years. The, the first thing that's going to come into our mind is how are we going to get food and water? Like that's the first thing. And God proved through the people of Israel that that wasn't a problem like he was able to sustain them for 40 years when they were walking in the desert why because he is the sustenance he is the provider he is the one who gives he is the source of good things so so this is what fasting teaches us that even if I forsake and give up these things that I have in the world that we find ourselves living completely on God himself and not on anything else also, we offer our fast to God for supplication. When Esther uh, was approached by Mordecai, and Esther, at the time, the Haman had decided that he was going to kill all of the Jews in the kingdom. And so Mordecai is speaking to Esther, and they're, they're, they're speaking about how they have to fast. Why? To ask God for His mercy. It was a supplication that they made to God. 
It says in verse 16, Go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. This is Esther asking Mordecai, Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. She's getting, she's preparing herself to go having this council with the king, essentially asking him to save her people. And instead of just going straight, she's asking Mordecai and all of the people, all of the Jews in the entire kingdom to fast for three days. And what kind of fasting was this? No food or water at all. Like, can you imagine, like, you're not going to eat or drink anything at all for three days? How much do you care about what you're asking for? If we are willing not to eat or drink for three days, then it means that we really, really, really care about what it is that we're asking God for. Because food and water is a symbol of life. We need food and water to drink. But when we deny ourselves food and water, we are saying what? No, God is life. All I need is God. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So if I'm willing to inconvenience myself if I'm willing to burden myself if I'm willing to go and sacrifice without food or water for three days that means I really really care about what I'm asking God for so if we really care about wanting to be free from sin and from the burdens that we carry then I ask myself have I gone to this extent and I'm not saying that we have to fast for three days without food and water I'm saying have we fasted in any way have we sacrificed anything to really show God and to make supplication to him that I really care and I want his help and I want his intervention in some problem in my life. Also, our acceptable fast is offered before making important decisions. For instance, Nehemiah, when he was thinking about returning to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls, it says in Nehemiah 1 verse 4, So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. He heard about the broken walls of Jerusalem and he was sorrowful and he was thinking about what is it that he can do and what is it that he should do. But before an acting, before just going and taking a decision right away, what did he do? He fasted and he prayed. Again, if we really want to hear the, the word of God, and this is something that happens during fasting, is we become more attuned to listening to him because we are less distracted by the world. We are less distracted by our stomachs. We are less distracted by our desires because we are denying ourselves those things. And so what replaces them? It's the, it's the voice of God. It's easier to hear God during times of fasting. It's easier for me to, be, to care more about His will. So again, whenever we're getting ready to make an important decision, instead of rushing quickly to do so, we should pause, we should pray, and we should fast and ask God, show me what it is you want me to do. This again shows that we really care about God's will. It's not just, I want to make a decision and I already kind of have decided in my own mind what I want to do. And I ask God, God, please show me what I want to do, but I kind of really already decided. If, if I pause and I really am fasting, what does this show? It shows that I really am listening. I am really listening. During this time of fasting, I'm listening to the voice of God. God, speak to me. I'm, I'm ready to hear what it is that you want to say. Finally, we offer our fast to God for self-control. In 1 Corinthians 9.27, it says, But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. This is a big component of the fast. Disciplining myself, bringing my, my body into subjection, having control, having control of myself instead of my body having control of me. And when we gain control of ourselves, we become free. 
We become free to follow the commands of God. We become free to refrain from sin. We become free to live a spiritual life without the constant bondage of, of, of having to fight and war against our flesh. Fasting helps us with this battle. Fasting helps us to overcome our flesh. So in conclusion, we spoke about that the acceptable fast is offered to God alone, is offered from a penitent heart, is offered according to the rules, is offered with joy, is offered with the Spirit, is offered for supplication, it's offered before we make important decisions, and it's offered for self-control. So I really want to encourage everyone that today is the last day before the great fast. And even if we haven't considered fasting or thought about fasting, I encourage that we would all together as a church, that we would fast together from the very beginning, even if a person cannot fast every day, speak to your father a confession, get some kind of direction and guidance from him, that he is directing you for your benefit, for your spiritual life. And don't let a day pass in this fast without having some plan for what it is that you should be doing. And I guarantee you that if we do this, then by the end of the fast, when the Feast of the Resurrection comes, it will have a completely different taste and that we will be like actually rejoicing in that day of resurrection as opposed to it just being another liturgy at night. Okay, Fasting is about sacrifice. And if we sacrifice, we will also reap the joy that we will receive from God because He will grant us a reward for the sacrifice that we offer Him. And glory be to God forever. Amen.